Give me an F. F. Give me an O. 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 Give me an R. R. Give me a T. T. Give me a H. 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 And the bastard rest. Uh, that is our new intro for the Foursome podcast. It's Sunday. It's review show of the Premier League. Ten games to bloody review. I've got with me on part one, Lebon, 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 Jordan Chambers. How are you doing, matey? I'm all right, mate. Thank you. And we've also got Bucky's Corner, the man himself, Bradley Martin. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. Thank you. Yourself? I'm good, thank you. You've got Brews, Clues, Brewery, Tom, Bristow, whatever you want to call me. And we will have to kick things off with... Bruce Clues. It's a first for Bruce Clues because we've never started. Um, but yeah, let's let's crack on with it. Right, I will continue it on part two, and I'll tell the answer at the end of the podcast. So, are you boys ready for this one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Got three clues for you today on our former, past, or present um, Premier League player. So, I was born in Barnsley. I have scored more goals for my country than I have for any club I've played for. And I have played with the likes of Samuel Eto'o, Tom Cleverley and Jonathan Greening. Who am I? Do you want me to repeat it? Go on then, why not? So, I was born in Barnsley. I have scored goals for scored more goals for my country than I have for any club team I've played at. And I have played with the likes of Samuel Eto'o, Tom Cleverley and Jonathan Greening. Who the bloody hell is that football player? You will find out at the end of this podcast. Let's get on to some bloody football! Right, first game, Friday Night Football. Probably the best result of the weekend. West Ham going to Ellen Road, doing what I said, beating Leeds 2-1. I will begin this because it's my beloved West Ham. Uh, what a performance from the boys. Shaky first two, three minutes, giving away a penalty. Uh, was a penalty, just one of those things when the keeper comes out. Um, then Fabianski goes a millimetre off his line and saves arguably the worst penalty I've seen in the Premier League since probably Luckman did the one against West Ham with the chip. Uh, but then, you know, rules are rules, gets retaken, Leeds go one the up. And then after that, West Ham get into the game, get a goal, a bit shaky after their first goal. But second half, they're just doing what they've done for the majority of this season, played fantastic football, get the deserved goal, get all three points and are now sitting comfortably sick in the table in the Premier League and we are in for a bloody title run. I can't believe I'm saying those words. Fellas, what are your views? Bradley, you thought it would be the complete opposite that what I said you thought that Leeds could stroll this. Um, we've had a discussion after the game anyway. Still didn't agree on things. What What are your views, matey? Yeah, 
<clears throat> you can't not that West Ham played well because they did play really well. But um, the worrying thing is this Leeds defence, it's just so poor, and especially on set pieces. They just don't seem to be able to clear the ball or just defend at all, really, which is quite worrying. Um, they, they just wasn't at it, Leeds. They wasn't, wasn't able to play the normal game, which you have to give credit to West Ham for. Uh, fully deserved to win West Ham. They was much better than Leeds. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a strange one, really, because I did expect Leeds to play a lot better. And they just went missing in a lot of parts of the game. And as I say, the defending is so, so poor. Um, and they really need to improve on that. Because like I said in a few podcasts ago, I really expected Leeds to be a top 10 team. With defending like that, they're not going to be. Um, I mean, they're not going to get put into a relegation battle. That's 100% not going to happen. But the defence certainly needs to improve if they want to go forward. Um, and I think the midfield let them down a little bit as well uh, in the game on Friday. Uh, obviously, Calvin Phillips played quite well, but you need players around you as well to dictate a game. And it just wasn't right for them. But in all fairness, credit to West Ham. It was a fully deserved victory. Yeah, I, I agree with the, uh, the Leeds defending it. Jordan, we'll come to you, mate. It was a bit, um, especially for West Ham's first goal, you can maybe even argue the second goal, but um, West Ham, good on set pieces. We've known that for many years. Um, but, you know, you have a corner, you've got this guy who's been branded by his own manager as the next Fellaini and Thomas Suchet. And um, he just gets put up against Dallas, who... I think he's not even six foot, and Sushek is about six foot three. So it was always going to be one winner if that ball was aiming for him, and it was. And the keeper had a bit of a howler as well. Uh, what What do you make of this game? You know, on the stats wise, it it seemed you know Leeds had all the possession pretty much, but in the wrong places really. Didn't really, apart from their first goal and maybe a, sh- uh, a header by Rodrigo in the ninetieth minute, it looked like scoring really. What 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 is your views on this game? Well, uh, possession doesn't win your games, does it? You know, the chances that you make and put away get you the game. And uh, fair play to West Ham. They, you know, set pieces, you can't go wrong, especially when you know that you've got a side like Leeds that aren't very good at defending set pieces, like Bradley said. You've got to take advantage, haven't you? And you would have thought Leeds might have done a bit of homework on, obviously, Suchek, Obonna, you thought they would have done the homework and maybe put a taller player like Calvin Phillips on on one of them, uh, and they just didn't do it, and they, it cost them two goals, really. Yeah, it was it. It wasn't the best uh, idea to match them up, but sometimes, yeah, you know, I think they put a stat out before the game showing um, all of our players versus their players on height wise, and it was always we were always going to have the advantage, and when you got a player like. Creswell and Jared Bowen, who can deliver good balls in. I don't think uh, you're really going to struggle. Like we've we've got the joint most set piece goals this season with Chelsea with eight. Yeah, and where we're going, it could be more. But um, fair play to West Ham, though, Brew. Like you know, they're doing well this season, but the scoring more goals is what is which what we've been asking for for a while because, like. A few seasons ago, coming up to this season, they've not really scored that many goals, but they've managed to stay up. And it's just nice to see a team like West Ham starting to score goals again. And it's what we're used to. So it's just nice to see them putting 
the ball in the back of the net, even if it is set pieces all the time, they still count as a goal. So it's nice to see, but I'd love to know how David Moyes has so much confidence in Haller up front. He missed a load of chances that he could have had that trick and he just can't put one away to save his life at the minute. Sebastian Haller, where do I even begin with that plum? Um, I don't understand how you can spend that much on a player and he lets you down this badly. He, he, I don't know, he's got one goal this season in the Prem against Sheffield United. He started about, I think he started six or seven now um, because of Antonio being injured. I don't understand why he's not relishing this chance. He walks around that pitch. He doesn't run. He doesn't jog. He's pressuring when you've got the likes of Rice, Sushek, Bowen, four nows, you know, players who put in 100% of the time. And and you look at those players and you think, yep, yeah, they're pressuring the ball every time. You look at Haller and he does a lazy leg and that's it. His shooting is absolutely fucking disgraceful. It, like Jordan, you just said, he should have had an at-trick. For the love of God, we were 2-1 up in the 91st minute and the man had the ball in the box on his own and he tried a fucking overhead kick. That could have cost us two points. Who tries an overhead kick then? You can't score a fucking header, which is what you're meant to fucking do. Honestly, I get so frustrated watching him play. Not even two minutes in. He doesn't even realise Cooper is coming in from behind and fucking took the ball off him. It was his reason why Ogbonna and Balbrainer were asleep because... He was fucking not even on the pitch. He didn't even realise he was fucking there. He thought he was still in his hotel room. Like, it's a fucking... Dis- he, honestly, he's the one player in this team that winds me up because he was in Cooper's pocket the entire game. Didn't even attempt, attempt to try and do anything different. You know, his hold-up play is so inconsistent for a player who is pretty much a target, man. I'd much rather have fucking Andy Carroll back, even with his injuries, because at least when he played, he gave fucking 100%. Honestly, get a new striker in January. If Antonio has got this consistent hamstring injury, you're going to have to get a better striker in January. Fucking load this guy off for half of what we bought him for. Get, get him gone for 2025. Go buy somebody else. Go buy someone who would actually want to play for the badge. And okay, because at the minute we we don't need him to win games. Because at the minute we're, we're winning games. You know we should have beat Man United um, the week before. We won't go into that. We had a chance to beat Liverpool. Apart from that, in our in our last uh, six games, we've won four. And the two teams that we lost to finished. One of them were the champions, and the other ones finished fourth last season. So Hallen needs to buck up his ideas. Or fuck off. It, it, it's as simple as that. You need to do one of the two. You need to either look at the likes of Antonio, Bowen, Fornaus. Fornaus! The man isolated the hell out of that man last season. I thought he was shocking. This season, he's a completely different player. Not because of the skill that he's showing, because of the passion. The passion, the desire to win that ball. Even if he does absolutely shocking with the ball, at least he does something. Instead of Getting doing a touch. Oh, it's gone about 10 yards wide as per usual for Haller. Oh, I'll just look at the players around me like, what do you want me to do? I want you to fucking do well, you prick. That's what I want. Anyway. 
That's my rant about Haller because honestly, I've been waiting for this since Friday night because it just, you know, he had, all right, I'll give him credit where credit's due. He had a few bits in the game where you thought, there we go, that's you. That's where you got to be. You know, you hold the ball up all right in the last two, three minutes. Had a few good passes, put your head up. But in the majority of the game when it was 1-0 and 1-1, you know, I never thought, when I saw him in the box, I thought, I'm never thinking he's going to score. And when he did the over a kick, oh, my God, I couldn't fucking believe it. Well, I think that Leeds will still look at this result and think they could have won that. And it's massive three points dropped, especially for their, like, run to try and get, you know, in the top 10 because it's anyone's top 10 this year. And they could be looking at it going, you know, we could do things, we could have done things differently and we could have got the three points maybe. But you've got to, all fairness, give it to West Ham. They, they did what they had to do. It's hard place to go, Ellen Road, as we all know, in recent years. So, you know, fair play to him. Well, say, saying that, George, because I remember a few people said this on the Friday podcast. Leeds have only won one game at home this season. That that's And that's against um, Fulham. It's the only game they've won at home. And I don't feel like it's their, it's their waveform, which is better, obviously, from the stats. But... Leeds are a good team. I don't see any trouble with them. I don't see them anywhere near a relegation fight. I think, you know, they'll be comfortable and they can kick on next year. Like I said, I don't think they'll finish top 10, in my opinion. But we'll go on to the next game. Wolves versus Villa. Uh, this game, uh, you know, had a lot of bookings. So if you're a fan of bookings of uh, on the gambling variety and you bet on this one, you probably had a lovely win. But, who did have a lovely win was Aston Villa 1-0. El Ghazi, 94th-minute penalty. You love to see it. Um, but, fellas, what, what, what are we thinking? From the stats, look pretty even. Uh, Wolves had the better uh, better shots on target ratio. They had a little bit more possession. Passing pretty even. But at the end of the day, Villa go out and uh, get, a, get a win. And listen to this stat. This, I think this is incredible for a team that only survived the Premier League last season by a point. If they are two games in hand against uh, everyone, well, everyone apart from Man United and Man City above them, if they win their games in hand, they go one point behind Tottenham and Liverpool. Now, that's not to like that is quite could be happening at the minute because you know they've had a great season so far. Aston Villa picking up uh, good um, good wins. We've already spoke about the wins they've picked up, and when they're losing, they're also losing well. If that makes any sense, so fellas, I'll leave the floor to you on this one. What what are we uh, what do we think of uh, this one? And are Wolves in a bit of bother now? It seemed like a pretty boring game to be honest until about the 80th minute, until it all came alight. You had Dan- Douglas Louise with a red card, and then obviously. The down 10 men, Wolves are on it, and then next thing you know, they give away a penalty in the in the 94th minute, and then Jao Moutinho gets sent off as well as, and Villa go and nick it. You can't, you know, it's one of them games where you think, we'll take it, especially, but as you said, with Wolves, you can have all the shots in the world at a goal, as long you've got to put them in the net. It's no good having more shots than your opponent and not put them in the net. So... For me, did Wolves deserve it? They probably did because they couldn't put the ball in the net. And obviously, with a 94th-minute penalty, 
you can't go wrong. And I think Villa will take that all day long. All day long <laughs> at Molyneux. Uh, you know, obviously it was a fierce derby, like, derby game. I just... And with a... You can't complain what Dean Smith's done to that club in after uh, the coronavirus and all that. You can't complain for what he's done to that club. He's done something. He's brought a lot of players in and they've gelled straight away. They've not taken any time. It's They've just gelled straight away. And the, the acquisitions he's got in have been absolutely phenomenal. Ollie Watkins, Ross Barkley on loan. All, they're just all gelling together. And it's really nice to see Villa do well again. Because obviously when we were like growing up as kids, they used to be like a, a top 12 team. In the in the day, they used to be, they used to be top six. Yeah, so you know, finish, finish it's, it's nice to see them trying to get up again, and it's like I say, it's just really nice to see. So fair play to Villa, they took the chance and they scored. Mm. Well, uh, we'll continue quickly then, Brad. Uh, Nelson Semedo, the villain for uh, Wolves, um, but you know, is, can you see Wolves bouncing back from this? Obviously, they had a bit of a hammering at Anfield, and now we're uh, and now this uh, this game they're sitting in thirteenth. But you look at the, you look at the way the table is at the minute. They win the game um, in midweek. They go on twenty points. You know, West Ham they're sixth on twenty points. You know, it's from then from thirteenth to sixth, maybe even fifth. It's very very close. Is it not? There's no panic stations at the minute. Would you say? Uh, in Wolves' camp about um, having two defeats no, in the I wouldn't be panicking if I was Wolves. They're going to be too strong to even get, probably get um, sucked into that uh, relegation fight, to be honest. It's a funny league, isn't it, at the minute? Uh, it's really crazy. Anything seems to be happening. Um, it was a very boring game, but it was a typical derby game. You know, both teams quite, you know, iffy, a bit cagey. Uh, no one really wanted to take, you know, foothold of the game. And obviously... The you know the game only came to life in the last five ten minutes, so but no, I wouldn't be worried for either of these teams to be honest. That they'll be quite comfortably safe, I think. But it, with Wolves, they've not been great all season, to be honest. In my opinion, uh, I've said this a few times. They look a bit uh, lackluster. Um, don't forget, Wolves did play a lot of games last season. Maybe it's just taken its toll a little bit. But um, I expect them to be fully safe and everything. But yeah, they'll, they'll improve. They'll get better. But there's no, no need to panic. No need. No, definitely. Um, so we'll go on to the next game. Away the lads! That 2-1 win, 2-1 two, two. against West Brom. That was my impression my of a 2. Um, so 2-1. Two, uh, Amaron with a 22nd goal in um, for Newcastle. West Brom, though, they had a good game, I thought. Um, scored a great goal with uh, Furlong. A lovely little finish. But then Dwight Gale, you know, felt sorry for him with his injuries. You know, he's, he's had glimpses here and there. Comes on, scores a winner with a beautiful header uh, to win me my bet as well. So thank you very much, Dwight Gale. Um, but, fellas, how, how, how do we see this? Well, I think I've said it time and time again, how inconsistent Newcastle can be. But... Um, at the minute, they're they're in that they're in that rock of from sixth to thirteenth, seventeen points. Game in hand as well. So that game in hand is against Villa. So you know it it, it could be a 
it could be a good season for uh, Steve Bruce and Newcastle. I was a bit wrong with saying Callum Wilson would get a double. I don't think he it really performed that well. But at the same time, West Brom, completely wrong about them. I thought they were going to get battered and they actually could have had chances to win the game as well. Um, so, boys, what, what do you think? Um, how did you see this game going? And um, did you expect it I to be as close as what it was? I quite close. I didn't think any, uh, any of them would have run away with it, to be honest. Um, but in a West Brom um, perspective, you don't concede after 20 seconds. As a Premier League side, you know, you've got to be set up. You need to be on it. You need to now be completely aware of the game, your surroundings. I know it's only 20 seconds into the game, but, you know, the professional players, they need to be, you know, you need to be on it for 90 minutes. And they just, you know, quick switch off, cost them, and they was chasing the game from there. Um, they played well, they got back into it quite well. But then again, it, it, it just shows how poor I think this West Brom team is. They just, you know, they got back themselves back into the game and let it slip again. I don't think neither of these sides are good sides. Well, I think Newcastle will be all right, but West Brom for me, um, especially with Burnley winning tonight as well, they've really got to improve quickly. They are going to be in serious, serious trouble. Um, Fulham also showing a bit of life now. It's really getting a bit interesting at the bottom of that table. West Brom don't seem to be able to put a good performance together at the minute, and it's quite worrying. Um, Newcastle, you know, they play yeah. their own game. What they always do, they you know they played their football and they, they got three points. I'm not raving about the win, um, but yeah, they did the job, didn't they? Yeah, um, well, draw two wins on the bounce now for Newcastle. On the other hand, it's uh, two defeats on the bounce of West Brom. Um, they obviously got that great result against Sheffield United and have gone in the completely wrong direction, which is uh, not what you need when you're trying to get uh, survival in the Premier League. And exactly what Brad said about, you know, they can't concede after 20 seconds. Slavin Bilic would have been poor, you know, would have been um, absolutely fuming, you know, as a former defender as well, to just watch his side look like human statues for that first first goal. It, it, it's, it was in quite embarrassing, really. Never should concede that early. Um, but what, what, what do you think about Newcastle then? Like I said, game in hand, 17 points, 12th in the league at the minute. Uh, get, win their game in hand, they go on 20 points. And, you know, that's on, that's on the same points as uh, West Ham and Everton, who are being told that they've had a, uh, a very good season so far. So if would you say at the minute Newcastle are having a, a very good season as well? I think they're having a decent season. I don't think they're having a, like a unreal one. I just think that these are the games they have to win if they want to stay up and not go down like further down the table. And that's what they're doing. They're winning these simple games. And I agree with Brad. For West Brom, I think you know you've got to book up your ideas quickly, otherwise you're going to go nowhere, and you're going to go straight back down again. As as he said as well, you know Fulham are showing a bit of life, and so are. Well, Sheffield United are probably, you know, I don't know what they're in. They're in the world of their own at the minute. But, uh, you know, I think Newcastle are doing well. Uh, it's nice to see Dwight Hill score a goal. He kind of, when he came on, he sort of changed the game into Newcastle's favour. Obviously, they went on to win it from Dwight Gale, but he kind of just changed the complex of the whole game. And, it, and then that's when Newcastle started to look more lively in the game and, you know, they were looking more likely to score the winner, which obviously they went on to do. So, you know, I think Dwight Gill's 
done well this game, but it's like Brad said, nothing to rant and rave about. You know, it is a good three points for them. Uh, they'll look back at the end of the season and go, you know, this is why we're wherever we are at the minute because of this these sort of games. So, for me, they're learning from previous seasons what they weren't doing. And, you know, Steve Bruce, I think he's a good manager. He's the right man for the job. So, you can't argue, really, if you're a Newcastle fan. This is a question I'll ask you then, Brad. Um, Jordan's just said that he thinks that Steve Bruce is the right man for the job. With a, with a, a team, a fan base like, uh, and a stadium like what Newcastle have got, would you, you know, from going from Rafael Benitez to Steve Bruce, do you think that was a massive downgrade for Newcastle when they actually should be realistically be looking for a probably a better manager than Benitez to actually push themselves higher? Yeah, I mean, if you go in the past, Newcastle is a bit of a historic club, isn't it? Have some really good managers in the past and the fans are second to none. They, you know, they really support the team and, you know, they're quite passionate about the football, aren't they, in Newcastle? And Steve Bruce, a bit of a difficult one. For me, he's always been a manager, typically for a side that's always been in the relegation zone, to be honest. He's always, that's been his forte, a bit like Sam Allardyce. That's where he, you know, he lies. Um, it's very difficult, you know, when fans loved Rafa Benitez, didn't they? Absolutely adored him. Uh, I can remember just before he was left, you, had, you see, on Sky Sports, you saw fans crying. I mean, they absolutely loved him. Going forward, I mean, if Newcastle, you know, ever want to break into the top seven, six and so forth, uh, they are going to need a different manager. I know, obviously, with the takeover, that there was, uh, you know, thought was going to happen. I think, you know, as soon as that came out, they were looking at major managers to take over. Now that's obviously not happened. It's They've gone a bit, you know, backwards a bit again. Um for going forward, yes, they'll need a new, a different manager, a different style of play, and a manager that's going to be able to bring some top class players into the squad. But at the minute, I would say he's the right man at the minute. Mm-hmm. Fair, fair enough, fair enough. Um, well, we'll move on to uh, what was on paper definitely this weekend the game of uh, the weekend, but what turned out to probably be the uh, the worst game of the weekend, and that is the Manchester derby. Nil-nil. Uh, that is it. <laughs> that, that is it. There was a few glimmers from City. Half chances for United. Um, both teams were too nervous. They didn't look like they were wanting the points. Um, they were too scared to go attack, just in case their uh, shaky defences are open. Um, and by the 65th minute, Pep looked like he was more than happy to go to Manchester United and get a draw. Um, we'll go to you firstly then, Brad. Obviously, uh, a lot of us, including yourself, predicted that City would go to Old Trafford and, and absolutely dominate, and they didn't. And it is simple as that. I, obviously, I'm guessing you're happy with a point. But was you happy with you, the point? You take the well? point, obviously. However, um, both teams, I'll say this, absolutely spineless football. Um, hide and seek. They were just absolutely not even in the game, the pair of them. Uh, both teams absolutely underperforming this season. Really, really poor football. Uh, Man City just doesn't look like they even wanted to go for the game. There was no changes from Pep when he should have made changes. 
But that's Man City, and I don't really care about them. But Man United, um, yeah, spineless, you know, Ollie, you know, bottled it, you know, trying to protect his job, make sure he gets the point and he can't be sacked for another week. You know, no tactical changes, no trying to change the game, absolutely poor. Um, just one shot on target all game at Old Trafford, one shot. That's ridiculous. You know, it's like he was setting up after 20, 30 minutes to just draw the game, just get a point out. We're not bothered, you know, it's all we want. It's, you know, it's Man United Football Club, though. There's no... There's nothing there, you know. There's no determination. There's no ambition, you know. Ollie's isn't able to get the best out of these players. It, it, it's a pro, you know, proven fact. You know, I've said it before. He's a PE teacher at best, and he is. You know, he struggled to get the best out of eight-year-old kids. He would because he's not. He's not able to do. You know, to push people forward. He's not. Um, and that's why I call him a PE teacher because you know, as a PE teacher, tries to get the best out of kids and to you know to. Moving forward, he couldn't even do that. And that's the problem that we've got. Is he's not able to kick players foot on and get the best potential out of them. When Martial came on, he, he didn't even know what he was doing. He didn't know his job. He didn't know what he had to do. He couldn't get the ball. He just looked no confidence in the midfield. He had Donny van der Beek on the bench, and, you know, never looked at him. Pogba, I thought, played OK. A bit strange. Obviously, his comments after the game as well is completely misleading, which is quite strange the defence the defence is, is so poor I've said this time and time again but they didn't really have to do anything you can't say Man United kept clean cheating and played well they just didn't have to do anything you know a very underperforming Man City team and they wasn't even set up to win that game for me they just they was poor as well um, Luke Shaw had a fairly good game but I've always liked Luke Shaw you know I've said it you know numerous amount of times I'd actually like him have a go at centre back to be honest but yeah, just a bit of a lifeless performance. Just no, no tactics. Just no nothing. You know, no game plan. He didn't look like he wanted to win the game. And I know I keep saying it, but you, you've got to be doing that, at Man United. You've got to be doing it. You know, you've got to be on the on the ball. You know, keep the ball, make chances, create chances, use your pace, use do something. Absolutely nothing. And it's people say, you know, we got a point against Man City, and we're only five points off the top. But I don't really care to be honest because they're not playing well. Really, really not playing well at all, and I don't even know how they're up, they're up there, to be honest. Um, I remember when I saw the table and I looked at it properly, I thought, how have we done this? Because we've been absolutely poor. And that, no wonder we got knocked out of the Champions League, because they're just not good enough. And I've said this every week, they need to, really need to improve and get some players who want to be there. But yeah, you, you take the point, but I'm not happy with the performance at all. Quite poor. Oh, uh, Jordan, as a uh, as a mutual uh, football fan, um, Manchester derbies in the past, you know, have been fantastic. They've been, you know, the, you can see the rivalries there. Everything about a Manchester derby, from when you wake up to watching it on TV, you're thinking about, you're thinking, oh, it's going to be such a good game. You know, you think Pep versus Oli, you know, Oli could be sacked here. Four shots on target the entire game. You know, De Bruyne couldn't get his team going, and that's and that is not his fault. He was trying, he was trying so hard. Pep looked disinterested, in my opinion. And you've got the likes of Foden and Bernardo Silva sitting there waiting for a chance to come on and shine. This was a Foden type game to run at that United defence, make make them panic, 
Who does he bring on? He brings on Ferran Torres, who has had a couple of decent games in the Champions League, but not really done well in the in the Prem. And it proved and it proved it out of, like he did, he didn't he couldn't get into the game. Manchester United on the other hand, bring on a player in Anthony Martial, who has had a shocking season so far, and didn't even he didn't he didn't even look like he belonged to be on the pitch. Didn't even look like he was ready. Didn't look like he was fit enough. As as a non obviously United or City fan, when you look at this game, like I've just said, you think rivalry is going to be good. What was your views on this? Because it was like Brady said, spot on, a spineless performance on both like, both uh, teams. For me, it wasn't even a derby game because it just didn't have that. App. Obviously, I know with the COVID thing and all that, but the atmosphere and everything like that, it was just like, you know, it was different. It was just no fierce in any of the players. There's no one, no one actually wanted to win the game, as you both said. And uh, it didn't even feel like a derby, it didn't even look like a derby. It was a boring, boring game to watch. And going on with uh, what you said, Brew, with, you know, Bernardo Silva and Foden, I think Bernardo Silva is very underrated at the minute by Pep. I think he should be in his starting lineup because he's one of them players that can, he has a bit of magic in his game. And especially against the lackluster Man United, as Brad says all the time. You know, you want them sort of players to come on even off the bench or even start and make a difference. And he can do that. And I love watching Bernardo Silva when he comes on or plays from the start. I absolutely love him. I think he's an absolute credit to the Premier League. Not many people might agree with me, I don't know. But, you know, I think it is one of them phone type games as well. You know, and Pep didn't look interested. He, I think he was just too bothered about, I don't know, whatever you want, he's not interested in that game whatsoever. And for me, what are the players doing at the end of the game, hugging each other like it's a friendly game or something like that, when it's a derby game? You don't you never got that in previous derbies, Manchester derbies anyway, as Brad would definitely know. You just like you'd give them a quick fist bump and off you go. You don't you don't and you see Harry Maguire hugging John Stones, you think, what the hell are you doing? You, I don't know, you utter idiots. Basically, <laughs> I don't have much more to say, really, because it was just boring. But then what they did at the end was, I think Roy Keane pointed on it as well, and you just think, you don't do that. Especially in a fierce rivalry like the Manchester Derby before. And they just treated it like it was a friendly game. And it was disgusting to see, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I agree in the sense about what you're, what you're on about in the final whistle. Um, I mean, I'd, li- I'd should... like to get Brad's yeah. point of view on that because I think that's absolutely utter nonsense because you'd give him a quick fist bump and you'd go off down the tunnel. Simple as, rivalry, bang. But this is like... What did you think on the yeah, final whistle? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> players that I can bring to mind. Can you imagine Roy Keane doing that many years ago? You know, or in fact, can you imagine him captaining the side and any of the players doing it? He'd have had an absolute fit. You, you don't, you don't do that. You yeah. don't, you know. Fair enough. If you know, you know, you talk to your 
your friends, you know, who's in your nations probably because obviously, you know, from your nations team. However, you know, as soon as you come out, walk out that tunnel, in fact, no, as soon as you walk into the ground, that's it. That's it. You are playing for your club. Where whoever, and this, is, this isn't just Man United, Man City, I'm on about any club, any club at all, you know, that's it. You put everything to one side, you play for that club. For me, if I was a professional, I wouldn't even be looking at the other players. I wouldn't even be looking at them. And it's absolutely ridiculous. Well, this is what I was going to bring up um, with with Manchester derbies. If you remember uh, back in uh, when Schmeichel went to City uh, and they had that yeah. camera bit where Gary Neville's captain, Schmeichel comes up, he taps him on the shoulder, doesn't even doesn't even, doesn't even acknowledge that he is his former teammate and just goes out there and plays the game, final whistle, shakes his hand, walks down the tunnel. And whatever happens behind the cameras, if they go into the dressing rooms after the game, you know, whatever. That that's absolutely fine. You know, it just it's just there's there's not that no. aggression is there anymore. And, and again, this is not like you just said, Brad, this isn't just about the Manchester Derby, this is about any game. You know, you could have um fucking, I don't know. Oh, Rotherham and Forest, you know, two teams that aren't rivals in the actual games. But in game, it doesn't matter if you're from, if you live two miles away or 200 miles away. A game's a rivalry because your exactly. the rival is your three points. And if you, like, you know, let's say, for instance, would, would have, right, I'll ask a question then. If City absolutely smash United, or vice versa, United absolutely smash City, do you think Harry Maguire and John Stones would still be hogging each other in the final whistle? Yeah, I'll give you my answer. Absolutely yes. 100% would have. There wouldn't have been... No, the order happened, final whistle would have gone. They would have walked over to each other. Had that little, whoever's team won, one of them would have like shrugged their shoulders like, ah, lucky. They would have, they would have hogged. They would have done all that shit. Um... But yeah, um, end of the day, spineless performance from both of them. They need to step it up. You know, um, United, they've got a good game next, haven't they, Braddon, against yeah, Sheffield yeah. United midweek. You know, that's a game where you look at, if you're a Man United fan and you think, it's like the similar to the uh, Burnley game that City yeah. had, where you could think, this could be our game. If, if Oli's going to do anything here, this could be it. But we'll have to wait and see, won't we? Um, but we'll go on to the last game of this part before we go over to part two. And it was another big team that's been performing um, okay this season. Well, sorry, okay. Very well this season. Who didn't play well at all? And that was Chelsea. 1-0 defeat at Goodison Park. Uh, Everton fans uh, back in the stadium. Um, great to see again. Uh, Gilkey Sigurdsson, 22nd-minute penalty. But Chelsea... Didn't look good at all. Um, I don't understand really what happened this weekend, and we'll go into more detail of the other uh, games as well later on. But Everton, I'd have to say they, you know, they might they probably deserved it. They defended very well. Um, Keane, I'll give credit to him. Michael Keane had an absolutely outstanding game. Iwobi had a good game. You know, they, they all put in there, put in a good shift. You know, Mike, like like Jordan said already um, in this podcast, possession doesn't win new games. And Chelsea had 72% of the possession in this game and uh, couldn't carve out, a, 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 you know, like a, a killer, killer chance to uh, 
get back in the game when they go 1-0 down. Um, but, fellas, we'll make this one quick then. What is there to really say about it? It's not. Is this going to affect possibly, Chelsea? In possibly, the it was quite poor, really, wasn't it? You know, like Jordan said, possession doesn't win you football games, and they did absolutely nothing with that possession. Didn't really create any clear cut chances, uh, which was quite disappointing, really. Um, I think Everton were there really for the taking. They haven't really been playing well, what I think, really, in the past couple of weeks. But yeah, it's a strange league this one now. Um, you're starting to get with the you know the results that happen. You're starting to get a clear picture, really, who are the teams you know that you need to concentrate on. I would say I would still say Chelsea are one of them teams, but this is a result where you you know you look back on and think all that possession, but no chances created, absolutely nothing. Uh, it's you know quite worrying. But Everton played well. You, you know you can't take anything away from Everton. You know they, they've stood all that possession. Obviously they got the uh, penalty, which you know gave them the chance to go. One and up, and obviously they took it. Um, and then they, you know, they kept on that lead, didn't they? And you know, they grounded the victory out, which is what you need to do in this league. But yeah, you still got to take Chelsea a bit seriously. But they're going to need to improve on that. Um, it's going to be really important for teams like that. You know, your Chelsea's, your Tottenham's, um, both Manchester teams. You know, they're going to have to put a good run now with the Christmas period coming up. Obviously, it's quite important. But yeah, you're going to like to see a bit of bit more um, chances created from Chelsea but I don't think there's anything to worry about to be honest but yeah they're going to have to improve uh, Jordan quickly then uh, we'll go on to mm. Everton uh, obviously good great result for them they uh, you know they're, they're, they're bouncing kind of bouncing back from that great start to the season now they're sitting 7th on 20, 20 points only 5 points off of the top uh, what what are you saying? Are you still, you know, confident? Maybe they can finish in the top six, or you know, is it going to be you know a struggle now that they had that dip in form? Well, the the league's wide open, it as Brad said. You probably give it to that just after Christmas, and maybe that's when the table starts taking proper shape. It's taking a little bit of shape now, but it'll take start taking proper shape at the end of like you know the Christmas period and New Year, but. For Everton, I think, you know, they'll look at that and they go, well, that's a massive win. Try and take it into is it, well, take it into midweek, try and get a grind out a result there as well. But as Brad said, I think Everton deserved the win. I thought they were brilliant. After they'd scored, they were brilliant. Uh you can't take it away from them really. Chelsea, on the other hand, I thought they had just they had a bad game. You can't knock them out of the top four, as Brad said. I just think they got a bit lucky this weekend because I think with all the other results from the top of the table, where they've dropped points, the other few teams have dropped points above them and just below them. So I think they've they've been lucky in that sense, and I think they'll count themselves lucky. But I think from from now they've got to they've got to look at themselves and kick on big time if they want to push for that title. Absolutely, I think I think. Um... I think Chelsea's still got a good chance, especially after this weekend of other teams dropping points. It could it could have gone drastically wrong for uh, Frank Lampard's team, but you know, having a great season, and they might uh, might surprise a few people by you know kind of maybe running away with it if they can get a bit more momentum like they did before this Everton game. They've got the players. But, mate. Um, They've got the players. It's just they have got the players. Yeah. It's just how he goes about doing his business. 
on the pitch. Exactly. But, uh, but yeah, that, that is the end of part one, guys. Um, let me just ask you your answers for the Bruce Clues uh, question. I'll ask, I'll ask you the clues again. I, have, I was born in Barnsley. I scored more goals for my country than I have for any of my club teams. I played with the likes of Samuel Eto, Jonathan Greenan, and Tom Cleverley. Um, it's quite hard Bradley. one, really, because obviously when you said I've completely forgot about you know saying born in Barnsley. And at first I thought Phil Neville, but obviously I know that's uh, that can't be that. It's a difficult one. I mean, you know, I was trying to think. You know, Tom Cleverley and Greenan. I was thinking that it's got to be a Man United player. And then I was thinking, you know, did anyone play with Eto at Everton or Chelsea? It's quite difficult. Um, I haven't got a clue. I really haven't. I couldn't. I have no idea. Tim Howard, I'll go with. Even though... Has he Tim scored? Howard. Has he even scored? Jordan, <laughs> who's your answer? Mate? Oh, no. Oh, no. no. How can it be <laughs> Tim <laughs> Howard? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's born in Barnsley. Answer's already locked in, I'm afraid, Bradley. Born in Barnsley. <laughs> American goalkeeper, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Jonathan Green, bloody hell, wow. Uh, Samuelette, oh, I'm gonna, I couldn't tell you, so I'm just gonna go with a silly, silly guest of Martin Braithwaite. Martin Braithwaite. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. So I'm just going with a silly guess like Brad. Martin Braithwaite. Known for being born in Barnsley. Right. Oh, yeah, probably not then. <laughs> All right. Cheers, fellas, for coming on to part one. And uh, we will be back very shortly. I can't believe part I'm just two. Oh. Give me a P. P. Give me an A. A. Give me an R. Oh. Give me a T. 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 Give me a two. 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 What does it spell? Part two. Part two. Part two. two. <laughs> I'm 26 years old. Right, welcome back to part two. Oh, that was actually um, fantastic. <laughs> Substitution number 17, Bradley Martin <laughs> off the pitch for three players. Number nine, Callum Cameron. Number 24, and number 69, we Zach. Before we begin. <laughs> My favourite part of the podcast. It is Bruce Clues. We've already done it for the first part, uh, but this is just for you boys that haven't heard. Are we ready? Yeah. I said, are we ready? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Right. I was born in Barnsley. Barnsley. I have scored more goals for my country than I have for any club team I've played for. I think I might know this. And I alongside Samuel Eto, 
Jonathan Greening and Tom Cleverley. I'll repeat it. I was born in Barnsley. I have scored more goals for my country than I have for any clubs I've played for. And I have played with Eto, Jonathan Greening and Tom Cleverley. Now, I'll ask for your answers, boys, at the oh, end. I of... reckon I know that. Yeah. Zach reckons he knows Anyone it. Else got we'll find no, not a clue. I'm pretty certain I know that. I'll, t- uh, I'll tell you what Bradley and Jordan gave me their right. answers. So Bradley pointed Tim Howard. He thought that Tim Howard was born in Barnes. American. The <laughs> 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 uh, it was Martin Braithwaite. Can I give my answer now or not? I just said, I just said something random. Zach, if you think you've got the answer, mate, you can say John it right Stones. now. John Stones. John Stones. Well, he played what? What I do? Find out at the end, matey. Oh, if if Cameron should, if you can answer, if you want to say it now. What well, I don't know who it is, mate. Who, me? You can have a guess, Shiz, if you want. Uh, fuck. <laughs> I'm going to have a think and then I'll get back to have, you. Have a think. We'll have a think and then we'll say it at the end. Right, Br- Bristow, just say it one more time, would you? Right. I was born in Barnsley. Yeah. I have scored more goals for my country than I have for any of my club teams. And I have played with Eto, Jonathan Greening and Tom Cleverley. All right. Right. Well, let's get on with the rest of the football. So we are going to go on to the first game of this part two, which is Southampton Sheffield United. Uh, 3-0 Southampton. Pretty comfortable win. Uh, Sheffield United didn't even have a shot on target. Uh, relegation pending. But um, we'll go to Cal, who is always a firm believer in Sheffield United, thinks that they're going to get going. Cal, can you please ask me this question? When on earth are Sheffield United <laughs> going to get uh, They're getting relegated, simple as that. No, it's weird. I've I've given Sheffield United far too many chances now, and I've stuck up from every week. Um, but three nil. What piss poor result! They haven't got a striker. Um, I I won't say they're down just yet, but if they don't spend. Big money on a striker in January, then they may as well sign the death sentence. Um, I think they've got a decent. Can you get their fixtures off? I think they've got a couple of decent fixtures coming up. I know they've got United um, next, didn't they? Yeah. Thursday, I think we play. Their, ne- their next five fixtures, Cal, yeah. are, Sheff- are United at home, Brighton away, Everton at home, Burnley away, and then Palace away as well. Do you know what? So I'm, I'm going to. I'm gonna stick my neck on the line and just still, still believe in them. Um, poor result from though, really poor. I thought they would have turned up a bit better. They they were piss poor today, um, and they just they haven't got a cutting edge at all. They're poor in front of goal, by far the worst in front of goal in, in the league. Um, and yeah, if they don't spend big money in Jan, they're down. They are down. Um, but look at the, the, look at, look at, oh, oh, look okay. at them fixtures. <laughs> you'd, you'd like to think they could. I mean, they need to pick some points up from them. And I mean, it's a tough ask against United on Thursday. But then after that, you never know. We will see. Uh, Shiz, let's talk about Southampton then. 
Um, they are now third, I believe, in the Prem. Um, the fourth, I should say, sorry. Uh, 23 points, two points off of uh, Tottenham and Liverpool. They're, they're having an absolute magical season, aren't they? Yeah, I've been really impressed by them. They're playing some good football and they had Danny Ings come back so that so he's back so they're even more stronger up front and Che Adams is firing as well. Um, you've got Ward Prowse whipping balls in. I think that they could push for the top six finish this season and who knows, um, you know, maybe, maybe even... I mean, top four is a big ask. They'll have to play really well to finish top four. But top six, maybe they can aim for top six. It's funny with Southampton because you look at their team and they haven't really got any star players, but they all play really well as a team. And yeah, they've, they've, they've been um, they've surprised me this season. I didn't think they'd do this well. Yeah, they, um, they've been absolutely fantastic, haven't they? And they were probably unlucky not to actually be top of the table. See, they uh, they let that uh, two 0 lead slip at home to United. Um, so Zach and George Shizzer just made a a good a good point of Southampton haven't got a uh, like one or two star players, but they've got a, a good group of players. Do you, do you agree in that sense? If do you, is it because they've got a good group of lads in that team? Who, who put in 100% effort every time that they are in this position? Or do you think the likes of Ward Prowse, uh, Danny Ings, you know, players like that, are, you know, showing that they can be uh, at what the star level? What I'm thinking level? Is, is it's along the same lines as, say, when he was at um, Leipzig. There, there wasn't lots of standout players, but, like, just a really good team that they were slowly building. I think he's only going to progress and get even better with Southampton if nobody else picks him up. Okay. Uh, like, and, uh, well, it's just, I think it's there's some good, there's some very, very good players in the team, and but you've got to think a lot of them have been there for years. Like, say Holberg, he's just gone Tottenham and he's gone from strength to strength, but they've still continued to do well. Like they, like that young lad on the wing, I got what's his name, um, Gineppo, is it? He's, oh, yeah. he's really impressed yeah. me every time he's played. To be fair. Like he's quite direct, quick. Um, he's. Just, I just like Southampton in total. I think they've got they've been really good to watch this season, and I do hope that they will push for top six. Jordan, Jordan, what's your what's your views, there, matey, um, on both well, Southampton and Sheffield United? Are we looking at one team who could be finishing top six with the other team being in the championship next season? Well. Sheffield, Sheffield United, they went there and Southampton just did the job, what they needed to do. Uh, you know, I mean, they battered a poor Sheffield United side, basically. Uh, you know, Sheffield United, they're not as, like Mouse said, I don't think they're down as yet. But if they don't get any points from these next five games, then you're looking, you're looking quite easily that they're going to go down with maybe like 15 points in the whole season. Uh as Zach said, you know, I think look going into the transfer window for Southampton, if they stay in like the position that they are, because from the prediction show that we did for next month, I did say Southampton could be in that top four. That's true. So they were my underdogs for the top four. And I think that if they keep in that position, I think they could easily get very, very good 
well-known players in to help out. I think players would happily go to Southampton. For me, I think somehow he's got Shea Adams firing at all cinders, as she said. Uh, you know, he's I don't know, he was going last year, he was playing a few games, he looked like the standard championship striker he was. And now he's he's beginning to look like a Premier League striker and doing what does all the right things. Because defensively they they were quite shoddy for a couple of years and then this Vestergaard slide well, he's got there now and that yes Jan Bednarak, he's been there for a while and he's just sort of come around as well because he was on loan last season, wasn't he? Yeah, I think uh, they could look. I don't have any problems with the defence or the goalkeeper, but obviously with uh, Forrester getting older now, and maybe looking to bring a, a younger goalkeeper where he could learn off. Well, Alex Forrester McCarthy's been brilliant, though, isn't maybe, he? you know. Yeah, I mean, he's getting on as well, but maybe you never know. I don't know, but. I think they'll still look at strengthen because I think there is some places you do look at the Man United game and think, you know, two 0 up, uh, and you get beat three two, and it just didn't show that they deserve to get beat three two. Really, you just think they just got a bit fatigued. So, you know, I think they could just do one one or two extra players, but I wouldn't say like massive amounts of players. No, I think that, like I say, I think they're they're a team to watch. I've said that in previous podcasts. I think they're a team to watch this year. Dark courses for me. Not to win the Premier League, but to be in that top six is yeah. is got to be a must for me. So. Well, moving on then to a derby of the London variety. Uh, Palace versus uh, Tottenham. Uh, 1-1. Tottenham dropping points, which is uh, very irregular this season. Uh, the you know, to me, to you, Kane and Son linking up yet again for Tottenham. Uh, but Jeffrey Slot coming to Palace's aid and getting an equaliser. But uh, I think the man of the match clearly for Crystal Palace is their goalkeeper who made an absolutely tremendous save on Harry Kane. I would say, quickly, um, though, I think that's probably one of the best goalkeeping performances, except for the goal that he let in that I've probably seen in the Premier League. Mm. He, with, with the. Um... With the goal as well, he was. Uh, it's quite hard for him because the did, way the ball swerved, it did move a fair amount. So you, you, you're unlucky there, but mm. unreal. I mean, he made up for it, didn't he? Christ, Jesus, yeah, absolutely. Unreal. I mean, all I'm going to say is Bristow, and here's to you, the famous red and blue. Celeste loves you more than you will know. Whoa, we'll fight for you, the famous red and blue. Palace boys are here when you will play. Way. What a point, Crystal Palace. Unbelievable. So, shiz. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Tottenham picking up points again. Um, uh, sorry, Tot- Tottenham picking up a point, but dropping two points for the first time in a long time. Um, actually, no, that's a lie. They dropped it against Chelsea. Um <laughs> Good. <laughs> Get it. Tottenham's just, Tottenham's just in a good run of form. I'll leave it at that. But the top of the league still shares. Um, obviously, Liverpool dropping points as well, and so did Chelsea losing. Um, what is this going to be? Maybe a bit of a roadblock for for Tottenham, or are they just very lucky that the other sides have uh, dropped points as well, and they can kind of 
kick on from that point of view and get back to winning ways. Well, Bristow, I want to say typical Spurs <laughs> bottle job. Spurs, <laughs> Spursy, all this bluster about winning the league and they need to go to teams like Crystal Palace and get three points. But at the end of the day, what what can I say about the league table? The less, I can't say anything about the league table, so I'm going to leave it and not say anything. Yeah, the, That's if they're serious about winning the league, they need to win these sorts of games. But look, like like you said, luckily, uh, uh, other teams have dropped points. So that is the thing, though. That Palace aren't a bad team. I thought they played really well today, from what I saw. They, they did, seems but... Like he's been a brilliant signing. You you think about it without Zahar in that team, they they they're just completely different. Well, same with and Man United it, and Bruno Fernandes. Well, no, I know, but we've we've seen it first then, haven't we? When when he didn't have Zahar a couple of games yeah. ago, they were they were shite. Yeah, like they were so bad. But you're right about that. He, Eze, whatever his name is, he's class, isn't he? He's been brilliant. Yeah. Mm. Do I thought the fans made a massive difference? Loud, they're loud. They're what, what, this is it. I, I said it last week difference. in the podcast with with Palace, they've got the best atmosphere in the league, Bouncing, probably it? Yeah. with that and Anfield. I mean, it, it makes such a difference. I mean, what I, the fans are, in my opinion, got on that point today. Yeah, they I were. But it's it's starting to make an impact. The fans mm, definitely. You, you you start to see you've seen it with Fulham today. I mean that, yeah. I think fans are starting to make a big difference. To be honest, which is um, with, well, apart from with Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get on with that. <laughs> you know what? You know what? I found funny as well. Quickly, this was because uh, fans can't leave stadiums; they had to watch the full game. <laughs> <laughs> Let me out of here! Don't worry. We'll get we'll get on to the misery of the. We'll get on to the misery of Arsenal next. Uh, well, soon, actually. Uh, but Jordan, quickly then, mate. Um, Palace, great win against West Brom last week. They had their main man back. This week, yeah, they're, they're, in that, uh, they're in that little bubble of teams that are, you know, are around 6th to 13th, only three points separating 6th and 13th from West Ham to Wolves. Um, what, how, how do you see... Uh, this game impacting the rest of their season. They've probably got the hardest game of their season coming up on midweek against West Ham. Um, so, do you see them getting more points um, on the, on the board, or is there a, is this just two games where they, you know, are happy that they've got four points and are probably expecting a lot in the next game? I can see him snatching a few points against West Ham. Uh, the fans, like obviously we have just gone over, the fans do help massively. And it saw today in Palace that you know they wanted to try and get something from the game. Uh, for me, I thought it was a massive loss for Tottenham because they need them points because the next game they've got is hmm. midweek against Liverpool at Anfield. <laughs> so we'll go on to that, don't we? But like that's it's going to be a massive game midweek, and I think you know. With going into this game, I'll, they were probably looking to beat Palace. They should have been three up in the first half. Uh, it ruled them, and then you know Palace got back into it very nicely. Uh, and that guy, to what a keeper! I mean, you can't go wrong. His positioning from the Harry Kane header was just superb. Any if he was any less to the, if we're looking at his left, well, his right. 
then he would have uh, it would have gone in. It was just superb goalkeeping in its finest. Agreed. Mm. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah, very, very good goalkeeper. A shame that he's going to concede a lot of goals in midweek. Move on to... Um, to... Well, Haller's not going to score That's very true. So he ain't going to have a problem with that, is he? Oh. Yeah, but we're still oh, scoring oh, oh. the goals again. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to Fulham versus Liverpool, <laughs> Callum Cameron. Do you, want to, uh, do you want to explain why I'm coming to uh, this? Yeah, it cost me two grand, didn't it, on the bet, tossers. So, I'll... I'll recap. Callum had a ninefold, um, and Liverpool were his last game where his cash out was uh, over a grand, and he let it slide because, uh, like all of us, we expected Liverpool to wipe the floor with Fulham. Instead, they draw one-one and cost Callum a very much. Indeed, push. didn't even deserve a point either. I'm not but just saying it because they didn't win. Didn't even but Fulham, a point. Fulham battered them in that first half. Um, I don't know where to start. Just piss take, really. But on a, on an unbiased opinion, taking away my bet, I thought Liverpool were piss poor. Didn't deserve anything from the game. It was a it was a penalty for for Liverpool. To be fair, I think it was well, it was handball. Um, I personally don't think the challenge in the first half was a penalty. Um, but they got what they deserved and they probably should have gone in 2-0 up, to be honest with you. Alisson makes such a difference, that team. And every every top winning title, every top team that wins the Premier League always have a fantastic goalkeeper. And they've got that with, with Alisson. And he keeps them in so many, so many games. If one for him today, it could have been about 4-0. Um, I don't, I, I, what I told you boys earlier... Klopp's, Klopp has been saying about Fulham playing long balls. I completely disagree with that. That's just an excuse. I think there's something weird about Klopp this season. He doesn't seem the same. It's really strange with Liverpool. Seems I don't know what it is. Time, doesn't it? He does, doesn't he? He seems wound up all the time. Obviously, it's it's not the season that he had last season. Injuries, yeah. they've they He's taken his toll, hasn't he? He doesn't, he doesn't seem yeah, the same, I, I does think he? the pressure... I think the pressure as well is, is getting to him big time. And with injuries like that, it's just getting more difficult for him. But there's, there's one guy that we're going to have to speak about for Liverpool who I thought had a class game, and that is uh, Curtis Jones. Um, he's looking like an absolutely unreal talent. Um, he, he, was, he was the star in a very, very bland uh, Liverpool team today. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to speak about Fulham, though, because... Yeah, unbelievable, really. They were very unlucky with the pen. You know, rules of rules. You you can't uh, put your hand up like that in free yeah. situations. But overall, you know, Robinson had a great game. That Anderson, he had a fantastic. Ariola, you know, I could go on and on and on about that team. But, they need to pick on from here. Though, you know, what, what do you what do you what do you boys think? Could this be a could this be a turning point? I think I've said it before about that. when they beat Leicester. Uh, yeah, Leicester. Could this be a turning point in their season? Could they, could they actually kick on from this? Because at the minute they're one point off of the getting out of the uh, relegation zone. Uh, they were out of it with uh, un- until uh, a certain result happened uh, later on. Like, uh, you know, what, what, what can, what can we expect now from Fulham? You know, because surely this is going to be, you know, drawn against Liverpool. Surely they can, Parker can just get it embedded into his players' mind. Play like this every week. If you do that against the likes of. Uh, you know, your Wolves, your Newcastles, your Palaces, you could go out and win those games. 
Oh yeah, definitely. I think they'll. I think they should kick on from this. I mean, watching Liverpool in the first half was like watching Man United in the first half. It was absolutely nothing. Like Fulham should have been three up at least. But as Callum said, you know, without Allison, it could have been three or four in the just in the first half. But then all of a sudden, it was just like watching Man United play, where they just kicked into the second half. And obviously, obviously they didn't complete the comeback, but they, you know what I mean? They got the goal, but it was just a bit too late on, weren't it? To be honest, they did well. Fulham, they were compact. You know, they stopped That's the ball from playing their own game. Uh, and as I said on the previous podcast on Friday, that Craven Cottage is one of Liverpool's bogey teams. Well, Fulham, a bogey team. Especially at Craven Cottage. So, and it goes to show that they were. Jordan, you love saying that every team is a bogey team bogeys. every week. <laughs> no. I said it's this week because, because growing up as a kid, watching Jordan, Liverpool... Jordan, that's your new giving the bogey teams. That's his... No, no. Watching corner. Liverpool... You love the bogey team. He's the bogey man, <laughs> isn't he? No, watching Liverpool play... Watching Liverpool play each, well, growing up, they go to Fulham. They used to always struggle against Fulham. And it, it happened today. It do, things don't change, mate. That's fair. So, <laughs> but for Fulham, they deserve They the definitely win, deserve something. It would have been outrageous. Or not to get the win. That would be yeah. a travesty, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Lutman's come back, hasn't he, after that? Yeah, yeah he's been Pena. brilliant, hasn't he? Hmm. Different player. Yeah. He looked really good today. I like that player. Yeah, he's, Reed, he's not Bobby that Reed young, though, is he? Isn't he? I think um, he's a very good player. He came from Bristol. Point. Cardiff and Bristol City, wasn't he? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. He looks a decent player. He's scored yeah, a few goals, hasn't he, this season? So, he looks good. If he can keep like putting in the goals as well, I think <laughs> they could... They could uh, not be up there, but I think they'll. Where do you, do you think Curtis, that Curtis Jones might, if he keeps on playing, do you think he might make a late push for the Euro squad? No, no, not, good, not good, yet. He's good Give enough for probably years. the World Cup next time out, but not 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 the Euros. I think we're all set in that midfield. <laughs> yeah, no, Kevin it isn't. Rice, right. That's all you need, babe. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, no. Declan, Declan Rice, Rice. he is nice, nice, nice. <laughs> I mean, if that doesn't sell it, what will? Thank you very much, Callum. He plays with dice, dice, dice. He's <laughs> Declan Rice, Rice, Rice. I would say we're right. still lacking in midfield for England, and I think he could probably, if he's as, if he does perform as well as he does, box to box sort of, can do a bit of everything. We're missing yeah. that. Okay, well, I'll ask, you, I'll ask you a question then, Zach, and this will tie into our next game, which is Leicester Brighton. Leicester Freno wins quite comfortable. Madison a double, and Jamie Vardy yet again on the score sheet. Madison's not getting in the England squad due to injury. Who would you rather take then? If if the forms are still going on, if Curtis Jones is getting the run of form uh, and a run of games, and Madison's doing what he's doing, if you had to choose between Let's them choose two, between those two, who would you pick? Realistically, for how we're probably going to play, Curtis Jones would probably fit in better. Because as Madison's like a, he's like an attacking midfielder, and we're not sort of short on those sort of players. 
and that's probably why Madison can't get in the team as much. You think if would you take Phil Foden over uh, Madison? There you go. Yeah, every day. There's there's too many positions with too many people trying to play Cam, and there's just not enough positions in that in that England team. So I probably would take Curtis Jones. Zach, the thing is, though, with Curtis Jones, obviously he's had the run of games, which is good for him, but he's only it done it because of chances. injuries in the midfield. So, do you think when, do you think when, like the full midfielders are back in shape, do you think he'll just get thrown out? Because personally, I think he'll just get put straight to the bench again. I think Quat will have no problem just going right. You're, Thiago, well, you're thing. in. He's a young Curtis lad. You're out. Thiago's you're on the 29, bench. pushing 30. He's very injury prone. You've got. Uh, Wijnaldum that's yeah. contract runs out this summer I believe so I assume he'll probably be leaving Naby Keita's never yeah. been the player he should I think it's his to take at the moment yeah I do as well but I just think Klopp has no problem in you know pushing him out yeah, like, he's still getting cr- uh, crucial minutes which will only help his development once they're all fit oh definitely I agree with you I'm, I'm all for Curtis Jones for England and big things, but, you know, I just think Klopp just has no problem of just, yeah. you know what I mean, pushing them I out to mean. when everyone's fit again. That's all. That's, that's, that's what squad gets all about, though, isn't it? And, um, yeah. and, and, and if worse comes to worse, he'll, he can leave Curtis Jones. He can, he could probably, if he continues how he's getting, he could hit another yeah. top six team easily. So, I don't, I don't see, I think after, you know, if he does get into the Euros, fair enough, but it's, whether he starts is a different story because like, would, he, would he get over Declan Rice and Henderson if we're going to play that but, way? Yeah, that's um, the thing. It's shit knows, that but... the way we play, we have like a lot of defenders. Like If we're mm. playing five at the back, mm. we're only going to have two midfielders and it doesn't really free up that many options. So you're not going to be playing Foden, are you, realistically? Because... You know... Realistically, should we, should you we can easily get away with a 4-3-3 with our that's, legs. That's, that's yeah. Yeah. You've got to go for it. Mm. Easily. But it's okay. It's okay to toss you know, it. You know what the annoying uh, thing is we'll as well, though? That. I saw the other day. Um, supposedly, he already knows his starting eleven for the Euros. Oh, God. And you know that means Pickford. And that's I hope he doesn't, because he's an idiot, he does. <sighs> he's not he's he's like, I think we've... <laughs> We've had the our England special. Played three centre halves. He might be the right man for the job now, but he's he's he better do something. He might have had that wondrous uh, summer for us in 2018, but I better not have an absolute it's, shite summer for 2020. Really no, no team in the world, right? So our weakest point in England is is our defence. So we play more defenders than attackers. It just baffles me. It it is it's like so it's so strange. strange. <laughs> I think we're, we're kind of getting off track here. Yeah, fellas. we'll get, we'll, back, uh, to we'll League, get back to the Premier League. We'll get back to the Premier League. Sorry. Right. Finally, talking to <laughs> Right. Uh, we'll, we'll quickly go on. To, yeah. We'll quickly go on to Leicester then. Very uh, uh, win. Pretty convincing uh, on the scoreline. Got the job done in the first half. Third in the league. Brighton, you know, in a relegation scrap, I thought they could do all right. They kind of proved me wrong that they're doing being a bit shabby think, after that draw against Liverpool. Uh, I'll leave, I'll put this I on the on be... out to all of you then. 
Top Leicester, four, no. top four, yes or no? I'm pretty no. confident they aren't going to get top four. No, I agree with Zach. Mm-hmm. No. That's... Top six, yes. But As for four. Brighton, I think they're, they're going to be one of those teams where you think, oh, they've got a couple of good wins and then they'll just get a couple of bad losses. They're not going to be... They're never going to rip up any trees. They're going to finish about mid-table. And I think that's all right for them, isn't it? Yeah. But then... It, oh, definitely, yeah. I, I don't think they will finish mid-table. I think they'll be rele- uh, in a relegation scrap this season. I really do. You look at... I think Burnley are going to kick on now. Um, you look at Fulham after today, they're going to be kicking on. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be. I don't think they'll finish mid-table. Personally, I think they'll be down there. Yeah, yeah, I do. I think they're an okay team. They play nice football. They just like a cutting edge, don't they? Yeah, they, they don't have. A, they don't have the fear in the team. You don't play Brighton. You think, oh shit, we got Brighton this week. Yeah. There's no. There's nothing about them that that screams anything. But I think I don't know. I think they'll be in a scrap this season for relegation. 100%. I can't see them being on the table. There's too many good teams this year, isn't it? There, there's, there is. That is the... It's weird. With this season, you've got the f- five teams down the bottom who haven't got a lot of points. And then from, from about, what, 14th to like 7th or 6th, there's only a few points separating. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's, it's a strange season. Mm. I think that comes down to the money in the game nowadays, and lower lower team. What what it's saying, apostrophe mm. lower level teams being able to go out and spend a lot of money on quality players. Where 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 in the era where we were growing up, those clubs yeah. didn't have the money to go and do that. And now you you've got teams, smaller teams, going out and spending thirty forty. Sometimes and it, and it goes down to players. the championship. You see championship teams spending stupid money on some players. There's some championship teams who are richer than the majority of Spanish first division teams. It's crazy. It is. But that, like we said before, though, money doesn't necessarily mean like success. It's getting the balance right. Like success, QPR yeah. have been one of those strange ones where they've spent loads and done nothing. And I mean, there's there's lots of different ideas. Of, well, how many different teams has that happened to in the championship? Yeah, but no. But sh- surely the Premier League has to be the hardest league in the world because any oh, team can beat any team. It seems. But for the for a, mm. for a neutral, definitely, it's mm. the most interesting league. I know some people sometimes they've said, Oh, it's not the strongest league, but it's it's definitely the the most interesting, a hundred percent. Well uh, speaking shiz of uh, any team can beat any team. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> It's Arsenal Burnley. Uh one nil Burnley. Uh Granite Xhaka gets sent off fifty-eighth minute and a Bamiyang with an absolute wonderful goal <laughs> in his own net. Um Shazad, the floor is yours. Well, um 
I'm going to use a phrase that I like to see that we use a lot in our group chat, and uh, I, lo- I love this phrase, and I never thought I'd be saying it on, so early on in the season in this podcast, but <laughs> Arteta is the Royal Rumble. He really has. <laughs> he's, he's, out, he's been found out, he's out of his depth, and he's lost his head, and I'll tell you why. Because all season, he's been swapping to four at the back, five at the back, four at the back, five at the back. And tonight, he's played Lacazette again in a number 10 position when Lacazette can't even fucking pass the ball 10 yards. And, and he's stuck with Willian again instead of playing Reese Nelson. And Xhaka, I don't even want to ever see him play for Arsenal ever again. Want the talk of him getting going somewhere in the summer as well? But I just don't know who, <laughs> what other team would be stupid enough to sign him because he doesn't give you anything on the ball. He doesn't give you anything defensively apart from he, uh, he picks up so many yellow cards and red cards and he's just, he's an atrocious footballer. We paid 40, 40 million for him and it's probably one of the worst signings in Arsenal history, yeah. I have to say. And he I was your captain at one point. He was the ca- yeah, but, but to behave like that today, to, he wasn't even prov- provocated. The, the, it, 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 you know, he, the other Burnley players didn't even do anything to him. Go and grab someone sitting like that after seeing Pepe get sent off for a head. But I mean, how stupid can you get? It's the it's the last nail in the coffin for Arteta. And I feel sorry his, for Arteta in, with in that as well. It's just, it must be so frustrating to see your players just be so stupid. But but I think, yeah, I I agree. But but doesn't that come from the manager? Yeah, yeah. discipline his players. I know what you mean. They should... There surely wasn't any discipline there after the after the Pepe incident. I know he's come out raging, but you wouldn't then. And and let's be honest, El Nenny should have been sent off about two minutes later. Well, what's he done there? He's yeah. punched someone's throat and got a yellow card for it. I don't understand how he didn't get sent off. He got very lucky, didn't he? That could have been us down to nine men, but. I just I thought today go 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 and get some goals against Burnley, get everyone's confidence back up. But it was a horror show, absolute horror show, and I, I can't see us beating Southampton. Like like you lads were saying earlier, where where are the next points coming from? I can't see where 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 our goals are coming from. And the, what's really pissed me off about Arteta is how he's handled the Ozil situation. I keep talking about it, but why not play Ozil? We need we need a creative outlet in the team, and he's so stubborn. He won't give Saliba a chance, and he won't give Ozil a chance, and that's for me why he's time for him to go. That's now. fair. Who would you go in for, Shiz? Would you bring another legend back, or? Well, I know that um, B- I think um, he's already Patrick got a new club. Got sacked recently, and... <laughs> I think that's. <laughs> Well, I, I, I would avoid I would avoid going for ex players because it's the danger of you get caught up in the nostalgia and you remember what the players did for you as a player. But but that's completely different. It's a completely different job. You need someone to go in there with experience who has got actual tactics and a playing style. And I'd like to see Allegri there, or if if Brendan, I don't know why Brendan Rodgers would want to leave Leicester to go to Arsenal, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing Brendan Rodgers come come in. Um, they, yeah. they'd be two of my top choices. I mean, yeah, it's it's a strange one, isn't it? Like, what? Well, I'm I'm gonna just come out and say it. 
Uh, if you listen to the uh, prediction show, this man came out and said Burnley would get a result against Arsenal and Arteta would be sacked. So thank you very much. Wow. Um, you put a bet on that. I should have put a bet on. I should have. Arsenal are just piss poor. I don't care what anyone says. They are an atrocious football team. Um, they need, I said it last week, I'll say it again. They need an absolute freshen up because they are a disaster at the moment. Um, like Chiz says, Jack is a disgrace of a player. If he was playing for Forest, I wouldn't want him anywhere near that team. They just they lack anything. They're, they're, Aubameyang's just strolling about. Lacazette is useless. They're just they're, There's nothing there at Arsenal anymore, and they need a freshen up. If, if Arteta's not gone before the next game, they're in big trouble, because they're not getting a, anything against Southampton. If Arteta's still in charge, I can assure, I can put money on it. You got to think. You got to think. As they're well, crap like though. How, they're cra- how many yeah, seasons this will take to undo as well to get them anywhere well, near top four or anything like that again? They're they're not even. They are so far away from top four. It's on. It's ridiculous. Um, I don't know where to start. They're just poor. They're a poor team, and I won't have anyone. What. No one can disagree with that. Um, uh, do you reckon Aubameyang will stay? Do you want him to stay, Shiz? Uh, I just I don't know what's gone wrong with Aubameyang because he was amazing in pre-season yeah. and he had an amazing season last season. And yeah. And if he can get his confidence back again, like he's going to go on a score and run again. But I, it, it, I just don't know because I can't really say he hasn't been created uh, enough chances haven't been created for him because yeah. he has missed a lot of chances this season. And and from his point of view, he's got one big uh, um, transfer left in his career for him to go out and win and win some trophies. And he's such a good player, you know. In in one way, you sort of think. He deserves to go to a club yeah. where he's got a chance of winning some silverware, uh, you know. And it, and uh, uh, he's got his new contract, and clearly it's had an effect on him because yeah. he's been. He's been, the, he's and been the thing awful. is, yeah, go on. Sorry. Sorry, I was just going to say as well. He's been shipped out on the left wing a lot this season as well. I don't understand why they'd sort of compensate, like sticking him out there and stick Lacazette through the middle, who doesn't score anyway. You'd think as the top scorer last season, you'd play him through the middle, wouldn't you? Yeah. It's just desperation, I think, because, you know, on the on the wing, he wasn't doing anything. And then, oh, we'll put him up front. He might get be, be better there. And Lacazette, who's a centre forward, he's not a number 10, has been awful. So, it's it, it, look, like I said, he's, he's, he's clutching at straws, straws and he's out of his he depth. Really he has. has. He has. And the thing is... With Aubameyang, he's the only player in the Arsenal team that I'd say is a top-four player. Everyone else in that squad is a mid-table Premier League footballer. It's as simple as that. It, it's quite sad to see where Arsenal have ended up. Where are they? 15th in the league, yeah. are they? Yeah. I mean, that is absolutely embarrassing. But the thing is, with Arsenal, you can come out and say, oh, we, we, were against, we, had, we had 10 men. Bollocks, they were shit. <laughs> The whole match, like they were poor against it. Like I said on the podcast, Burnley aren't no pushovers. Do you know what I mean? I know they've got battered by City. Like I said, anyone could get battered by City on their on their day. 
but Burnley at home, Christ, what has happened to Arsenal? I tell you what's an interesting stat. Yeah, and my, a few of my friends sent me this stat. Um, the most Premier League crosses this season. <laughs> Who do you think is the top team? Yeah, two hundred and fifty-seven crosses. Leeds United second, two hundred and fifty-six. West Ham third, two hundred and fifty-four. And that just says it all because <laughs> there's no one in that team who can bloody head a ball. And so, so why the why why are we crossing into the? What, it doesn't make any sense. So why why aren't we playing the ball? Why aren't we playing free balls for Aubameyang to you run well behind defenders and use his pace? <laughs> he tactically Arteta hasn't got a clue. Well, I was going to say, Shiz, last game you played before this one, you had 52 of them crosses in one match. Yeah, and just Tottenham were loving it. Yeah, why, why? Yeah. So, you know what I mean? It's, it yeah, just goes I'm, to show that I'm, Arsenal I'm intrigued on your opinion on Arsenal. Different, anyway. But for me, personally... I don't, I don't, not allowed, I prefer not to say anything. <laughs> You want my opinion then? I know your dad's a big Arsenal fan. I know they're your second team. I just want to know. Um, I'm, it's actually, if I was a full on Arsenal fan, um, which I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad I'm not. Um, I would be honestly so embarrassed right now. Like it's just it's unbelievably bad. Um to think that you're gonna get a, a Pep Guardiola 2.0, you you it, it just you've got like a you've got a Neil Warnock version 2.0. You know, you've absolutely you've you've fucked it. You've honestly 15th in the league. I was bigging these up. You know what I mean? I was like, you know, they played did, did all right against Spurs in the second mm. half. You know, at least they showed something. Um, and now look at them. Aubameyang, like, what are you? What like, what actually are you? Because you're not you're not a striker, you're not a winger. You you just you're just a fucking three hundred K player just trolling a, an actual football team right now because you do not give a shit. Lacazette, go back to Leon if I was if I was in, because at least he'll have a little bit more success, finish higher in the league. Um, Granit Xhaka, if he ever wore an Arsenal kit again, I'll be very surprised. I, I heard um, anyone hear what Patrick Severus said about it. He went to Thierry Henry's house to go watch a game, uh, an Arsenal game. Henry turned it off at the, when the whistle got blown because he said, I do not want to You're watch a, a team captained by Granit Xhaka. Um his team, my team, captain by Granite Xhaka. Um, I think the defence, as people might disagree, I think the defence can actually be all right. I think that Gabriel was a good sign, and I think Leno's a good player. I think Tierney's a good player. Bellerin, I couldn't give a toss about. I think he's an absolute tosser. Um, Rob Holding, he's all right. The rest of the team, though, William, you buy, you, you've, you've got Pepe. You've got a 70-plus million player. What do you do? You're bringing an old boy who's in his position. I know that he's out um, suspended, but when Pepe comes back, William will still be playing. What's the point of buying that player? If the same with you're just going to bring in William anyway, who can't hack it anymore. 30 million. I, I, honestly, mate, apparently Arteta said there's no room in the club, in the squad for him. So he, he can leave in January. Exactly. That, that, that pisses me off so much because he was heralded as like, 
the next leader of a team, the next Tony Adams. And he had rave reviews and everyone was trying to sign him in Europe. So how's he come to Arsenal? <laughs> and we haven't even seen him play a yeah, bloody game in the first is. team and he's been written off. That, 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 was, that was the words of a, of a very amateur, wannabe good manager. Right there to say that they bring, a player gets brought in, and Crazy. you're not even giving him a chance when people raved about it. Um, it like so, for the like it, it, it baffles me, you know, how if he's still in the he job can't be. Uh, tomorrow morning, can't be. I'll be very surprised. I'll be very surprised. The only reason, Cal, that I think he will be is the fact that there's midweek games. That's the only reason. If there was no midweek games, I don't think he would be in charge. The other, the other thing is the board. I don't think. Uh, I don't think they're very astute. But the thing is, preparation. There's such a in. there's a manager out there who, like, will bring success to Arsenal. Will get them back into the Champions League. Will get them competing for the Champions League trophy. Will arguably win the Premier League with Arsenal again. You know what I mean? Why, why aren't they going for Sam Allardyce? <laughs> <laughs> No, generally they should I mean, be going for Sam Allardyce at the minute because they're in a fucking relegation I'm battle. Surprised. But he had a great England <laughs> you know record, I mean? didn't he? That's not even a joke. But he would like I would not be surprised if Sam Allardyce is like three to one. Sam Allardyce. Because they're already in a relegation battle. I'm not being and I'm not I'm not taking a piss here when I say this, but you t- we're twelve games in. We're twelve games in and you look where you look at the other teams, right? You know, the city your city and your United's. You know, if you look in the past about United, absolutely fantastic. And we know we know that. 100% the best Prem team in history, Manchester yeah. United. They had that slippery slope and now they've come back. Arsenal had that slippery slope even before United and they're, ne- they're not even anywhere near United at the minute. And that says yeah. something to what how United plays over this season. City. Absolutely dominant the past few seasons, bar last season because of Liverpool. Absolutely nowhere near them when they could have easily have closed that gap this season. Tottenham. Fucking Tottenham. You always finished above Tottenham for as long as I remember. You you are not even like... London is not, you know, <laughs> red anymore. You know, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous because if you associated London, you you said Arsenal or Chelsea. Now we're saying Tottenham. We're saying Tottenham. You know what I mean? Like you know, Arsenal's not even in a picture. You know, I I said this to you shiz early. I'll give you twenty quid if Arsenal finish above West Ham because you're not gonna. I don't feel like you're gonna finish in the top half anymore. I said they're <laughs> better the than is, Leeds. You look at, you look, that you, fucking proved me what wrong. You just said about Spurs as well is you know like that's you awful. Look how, how it's just completely changed now. You look at Spurs; they've got the best players in the Premier League when Arsenal used to. Spurs have got Jose Mourinho. Arsenal have got Mikel Arteta. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it, the contrast of the two clubs is ridiculous. And it, it's it's baffling how it's just switched straight after Wenger left. But can you just imagine the picture now? Arsenal, <laughs> Allardyce's first game, Leno. This will be a 90-minute game. Leno, 50-yard punt upfield to a Bamiang's noggin, straight down to Lacazette and a goal for 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> just absolute ping in the ball. <laughs> I'd love La- I'd love Allardyce in I'd love Allardyce who, just who bung, Rob Olden playing centre forward. Get your head on this. 
No, he'll, he'll, no. Do you know what he'll do? He'll bring in Andy Carroll on a page of play contract just to bring him on get... fifteen minutes ago and lump it forward every time, and then everyone will be like, "Hail Arsenal, relegation survivors." You know what I mean? <laughs> Kevin Nolan, <laughs> Kevin Kevin Nolan. <laughs> but on a serious note, how typical is it that I think I think I read a stat that if Arsenal. This is Arsenal's 59th or 60th consecutive top flight season. It would be And now they're struggling. Outrageous you know what I mean? Like, how? I think that they can't. They can't go down. I don't think they be, I really, I really don't think they'll get relegated. But, but then but mid-table, is, mid-table is the highest they'll get. And that, that isn't taking a mickey or anything. Like that, I think mid-table, you'll be. It will be an absolute miracle. I tell you what, if you if they finish top, here's a question for you boys: If Arsenal go down, would that be a bigger shock than Leicester winning the league? I would say, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a pass it, surely. What odds odds were Arsenal at the start of the season to get relegated? Because that's that's, does anyone know? It would lit five. It would be. It would be (laughs) five to one, wouldn't it? Surely, <laughs> they, they would have been. Right, the, they right, would have been probably the same odds as uh, of uh, Leicester winning the title. They probably would have been about five thousand to one. I wonder what we are now to go down. Yeah, I bet you. I bet you're about. I you're bet you're about one hundred and fifty. Well, you, your next three, three most likely managers: Allegri's um, favorite, then Brendan Rodgers, then Thomas Tuchel from PSG. Some of these so is not. Where, where's uh, where's Sam Allardyce in that? Ed, hey, there's the one. There's the signing. Because they've already there's signed him. He's Ed on the Howell. line. He's getting announced yes. tomorrow morning. I think he played good football. I don't think so. I, I don't think, think he would do anything there, and that's no disrespect to Eddie Howe. That is no disrespect to him at all. I don't think he would. Personally, I don't think he would do any better than what Mick Arteta would do. It might be. I think Brendan Rodgers is a perfect I mean, fit be, for Arsenal. Go, it'd be why would he leave? If he gets more money, surely. There's no other reason to leave Leicester to join mm. Arsenal of all places, of all clubs. Um, I tell, I tell you what. I tell you what. I'll, I'll bring, I'm going to bring my dad into this because he said a yeah. good match. Julian Nagelsmann, uh, the Leipzig manager. I don't know his name because he's doing so well at the moment. But he but said, again, uh, he why, said, why would yeah. he leave the Champions yeah. League? Why would he leave? This is it. This is the situation mm. Arsenal are in. This is danger zone for Arsenal now. They're at a point now where managers going to look at that that job and think, "No, why am I going to join a fifteenth in the league club?" Like, and they're going to look at that squad of players and think, "This is awful." Like, <laughs> this is a three year job. I think that's a, a two three year clean up job for Arsenal. Easily. I can't see them back in the top four for another three. Three, three, four years, maybe. Easily. I really can't. Arsenal, sorry, quickly. Christmas, sorry. I, th- I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know who said it in a podcast, but yeah. I, th- I think yeah. they said it perfectly. But, I mean, maybe they need a few years out of Europe. They've never done Europe anyway, have they? Recently. Well, no. Yeah. <laughs> 75 to 1. 75 <laughs> oh. to 1. But the problem is, Bristow, 5 to 1. 75 to 1. I'm for a better... We said five to one. It's like what? The, the problem is though, if mm. the only way we're going to get and you're not going to do that, really. Yeah, yeah. 
But maybe you're right. Maybe we need to stay out of the Europa and just concentrate on the league for a few seasons. Hmm. Or just keep on winning FA Cups. I think it comes down to the ownership of the club. If they want to, if Kronke wants to make a change, he'll get rid of Arteta and invest some money in the club. If he's happy to just keep taking his dividends out every season and and, and keeping his... Um, he's got other American teams which he pays uh, services for debt on. Then if, if he's happy to do that and just keep us... That's true, Bristol, before you drop in your... I was going to say, also, I saw the other day... <laughs> no, sorry, I uh, pressed the button. came out with something, I don't know if anyone saw about this, um, saying when... I think it was something to try and keep him at the club, to try and sign a new deal, and it was they were showing him the figures of how much they'd made that year. On transfer, said, I don't give a shit, I want to win trophies, and that's why he mm. left so it's not as if it's been not about money for like the last probably 15 years at Arsenal probably ever since they got the new stadium built hmm. yeah lasers and it's like another American team United yeah but with with the glazers at least your uh, at least the people that run your club don't have a dildo uh, company at least it could, could be worse. You could have, the Glazers, you could have a little I mean, they've still bought out some money for you. They have. Well, I mean, right. for example, that, this see summer, that? I don't understand how, how you can. Well, probably not much more than Arsenal. They spent mm. 40 million, well, 45 million, was it, on party? Mm. We only spent uh, 39 on Van der Beek. Who else did we sign for significant money? I think we paid 15 million for Alex Tellers. Cavani mm. was on a free. We had that young right midfielder for seven million. That other one that for could rise to thirty something. Like that's they're not big signings, really, are they? They're not, but they have splashed the cast in the past. With I mean, maybe they're scared to invest after look at Pogba. How much money did they spend on him? And look how shit he's turned out. True. And then Maguire, do you know what I mean? Of course, they're going to probably be fearful as well. spending money. Yeah, but we they have to keep spending money if they want to get anywhere closest to being up near the top but end of the league. If you're signing players like that, you're not going to be at the top end of the league. That's why we need a director of football. Exactly. Well, that is a good point, yeah. They need to be thinking about that, like thinking of the players that can fit in. Well, look at Dan James. They spent like 18 million or something or 15 million on him last year. Hmm. Is he even? He's, I think he's played one game this season. He's a he's fucking championship stand. He'd be good in the championship. No, he would be. Yeah, but the, I mean, he was being talked about <laughs> being the next gigs because he was quick, without the fucking jabbing the misses his eye, <laughs> and in the right tip. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. Anyway, um, Callum, oh, sorry. Uh, before this podcast, yeah. you said to me that you were going to. Uh, Call somebody out. Yeah. Um, wait, you want to go on with that? Okay, next Monday. What date? Uh, you, you, you can have it whenever you want. 21st! 21st of December, brother. 21st of December, 2020, brother. Monday, 21st of December, 2020. I want to be seeing Jimmy Bristol. On the Force Sub Podcast, brother. Huh? And I want to be going face-to-face and talk about Arsenal and how crap they are, brother. 
I want you, Jimmy Bristol. I want you now. See you next Monday, brother. I am a real American. I'm the right of every man. <laughs> and it will be hell in a cell. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> too much? Oh, just right. Uh, too much. <laughs> Oh, right, uh, b- before I give you all the answers to Bruce Clue, um, I, I, I've been instructed Who to speak about the championship that? for some ridiculous reason. Oh, um, wow. Who do you think? The team that actually finally won a game. Rotherham won a game, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Unbelievable. Jordan, talk us through the absolute dominance against Bristol City. Smash them, mate. Purely just smashing from start to finish, scored in the fourth. And we just outplayed them all the way through the game. We got the second before half time. And it looked comfortable in the second half. They had a couple of chances, but nothing really to make us sweat, really. It was just a walk in the park and probably the easiest game we'll win all season. Okay. So hopefully we'll carry that on against Blackburn. Where do you realistically think you can finish the season, Jordan? We'll wait and see. Um, I think we could probably finish just above the relegation zone, but I think maybe a couple more places up than what we are now. I think we're 20th, I think. Or 19th. At the minute, you are 20th in the table on 16 points. So, I think probably between... 17th and 20th, maybe. I'll just be happy to stay in the championship, basically. I'll be happy to stay in the championship. But when when you get a nice result like that against a team like Bristol City, it's always nice to see. And I just hope we can carry it on, really. Well, another team that is open to stay in the championship um, is uh, Nottingham Forest. Cal, uh, what was your result um, against Brentford? Who are Forest? Who Forest? <laughs> oh, uh, they're, they're a team who sit twenty first oh. in the championship. Uh, not one in the, not one in forever. Uh, level on points with Derby County, only outside the relegation zone because of a goal. Um, oh, right, and lost three oh, one to Brentford. <laughs> they really are. Yeah, <laughs> you've been to quite a few of the games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How, where would you rate this, Cal, as the worst um, Forest team you've seen in the last 10 years? In the last 10 years? Uh, it's probably the worst, yeah. Really? Yeah, genuinely. I didn't think it was at the start of the season, but watching some of them play, Christ. Do you reckon it's due to how many signings you've made? I, I think it's just... Well, yeah, that's clearly what it is. It's we, We've not been a stable club for... Since Nigel Doughty was it uh, was chairman, it's just it's been shit. The past ten years have been, and this is just a culmination of the past ten years. I think personally, what what we need is we need a relegation. You look at the teams that go down to League One and just refresh themselves. Look at Norwich, Wolves, Blackburn, um, Southampton, Southampton. It, it's a risk. Obviously, I'm not saying I don't know. We're just shit.
The thing is, though, with Forrest this season, there's been glimpses, aren't there, of Forrest doing There's some. There's the something going on in the just, club that the fans don't know about. Goals, there's, there's something within that, that club that is just rotten to the core and has been for a while. And I don't know, I can't put my finger on it. I thought we, we signed Chris Hewton, whose track record is ridiculous. He's got promotion at every team he's been with, bar Birmingham. And even then, he got the playoffs with him. How, after the amount of games he's been in charge, are we still struggling? There's just something, there's not, there's something not clicking. We, we just got something. Well, we, we're not going to sign anyone. No, we need to get, we need to get rid we, there's about ten players in that in that squad that need to go. We need to just chop the te- chop the team down. We can write this season off. I, we're in a relegation battle. I don't care what anyone says. Well, I mean, we've got. Well, no, no, we've I got, won't have it. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> but Chef Wednesday, I'm I'm putting out a bold statement. <laughs> Chef Wednesday on Tuesday. If we don't win, I think Chris Hewton is going to walk. There you go. Wow. wow. Yeah, but with his, do you think with his like managerial experience of transfers and plays and stuff, do you think that he already notices the players that need to go and there's, maybe I, the places where they need to I just think there's the this... Forest squad? I believe in Chris Hewitt. Yeah, of course I do. Look at, do look you at believe the, in Chris Hewitt? Like you, you can't basically. disagree with his track record. You'd be stupid to look at his track record and disagree with it. I'd, I'd, it's not going to happen right. this season, but certainly a fresh start next season. But how do we know how much control he's got in the transfers? You're not telling me, um, uh, 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 Lamucci signed all them players by himself. Like we we signed a ridiculous amount of players. That's come from the top. That's come from the board. Weren't a lot of them from his other team? A lot of them are from fucking Greece and fucking Cyprus and all this bollocks. Just unheard of. And it's just crazy. It's clearly the board signed the players, and I, I don't think Chris Hewton's going to have that one bit. Do you think that's possibly a way of him smuggling money? Is it a front? A Nottingham Forest a front? Are we putting it out there, <laughs> mate? He's a dodgy bastard anyway. <laughs> Our fucking chairman. He's Greek, mate, isn't before he? he before he signed for us, mate. He was being. Oh, sorry. I think he's still um, under investigation in Greece um, for match fixing. <laughs> You could do with uh, a bit of that now. Well, that's what I mean. He's obviously not doing a good job here, is he? <laughs> not fork out some dosh. But enough about four. We, we're not good enough. And um, yeah, if we if we don't win on uh, Tuesday, I think Chris Hewton will either walk or get sacked. He can't be sacked yet, realistically, can he? Honestly, I think he might do. We're playing bottom of the league. It's a, well, Tuesday's a massive game. Huge game. Nil nil written all over it. It's got nil nil written all over it. <laughs> but um Bruce Clues. Well, I I tell you what's got written all over it. The answers to Bruce Clues. <laughs> Um, I will repeat the clues again. Uh, I was born in Barnsley. I've scored more goals for my country than I have for any of my club teams. I played with Eto, Jonathan Green, and then Tom Cleverley. Bradley gave the answer of Tim Howe. There's only one player. Interesting. 
Uh, I think I know who it is. Oh, uh, Bond gave Martin Braithwaite. Zach said John Stone. Shiz, who are you saying? <laughs> oh, I was thinking John Stones or Mick McCarthy. Which one? Which one are you going for? <laughs> it's not Mick McCarthy because he's not a favourite Tom Cleverley. So John Stones. Well, the only thing, the only footballer he I played with Eto'o as well. Barnsley is John Stones. Probably not. He would have played with Eto'o at Everton. He would have played with Green in when he was at Barnsley, and he scored in the World Cup, didn't he? Yeah, John Stones scored a couple of headers. I think I've nailed it. I think it is John Stones. Like I can't think of any other Barnsley football. What's your final? What's your final answer, Callum? Right. The tension is real. Mick McCarthy, because somebody is correct. And it's, and it's definitely not Martin Braithwaite or Tim Bloody Howard. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the answer is John Stones. Well played, uh, fellas. Hey. Yes, he, he, and Cal got it spot wow, on. He played with Eto'o and yeah. Cleverly at Everton, and he played with Jonathan Greening at Barnsley. And he's only scored yep. one goal in his club career. Where has he scored two goals for England? Now, I haven't mentioned this uh, because I've only made it up right now. Um, not a second Bruce Clues. But I have been calculating everyone's points so far to see who's been getting it right and wrong. And the winner at the end of the season Ooh. will get... A Bruce mm. Clues mystery prize. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And yeah. at the minute, we have Zach winning on two points. <laughs> well, I'm Get not going to lie. It's not going to be me that wins. I'm thick as fuck. So. That's quality. It's and not going to be me wins because I'm thick as fuck. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh. Well, well, on that note, We'll leave it for the fourth <laughs> podcast. All right, thanks, fellas, for coming on. Um, thank you, everyone, for for listening. Uh, just to quickly let you know that our draw for the uh, giveaway for the free football shirt from this season has been extended until next Sunday. You know the rules. If you don't know, yeah, it's tag free friends in our post on Instagram, a like the page, and you can enter as many times as you want as long as you tag. Free friends, oh, you've got until go, Sunday. Good luck. Thanks, fellas, for coming on. And the problem we will uh, be we're having with oh, the competition oh, yeah. is uh, we keep trying to steal the football shirts from charity shops, but we can't find a lot of a lot of football shirts in them. So if you know any charity, not the shops new ones that, anyway. Not the new ones, not the new <laughs> fresh ones. So if you do know any charity shops that need stealing and have got some decent football shirts in, let us know, please. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Bye.